Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Carl, uh, what is your reaction to the president? One show at a time. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now... The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. <laughs> All right. This is Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right, welcome to the George Water Jr. Show on Black Talk Radio. Singing straight up out of Chicago, folks. And it's a beautiful day in Chicago. It's a beautiful evening. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for podcasting the show. And, uh, and thanks for all your good thoughts and all your uh, positive uh, feedback, even the negative feedback. Sometimes I get positive uh, feedback, uh, getting negative feedback. But anyway, thank you for your feedback. Always leave comments uh, if you want to. That's up to you. You don't have to. I'm not getting anything for it, so I'm just asking. All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. <laughs> spring break. All you kids out there who are on spring break, including mine, you guys have a great time, all right? And I hope you have a wonderful time at your prom, especially the, the ones who are graduating from high school. Or, you know, some people have already, uh, and graduating from college. You guys, uh, you, you, uh, you, you're leading up to your graduation. You're leading up to your prom or you're hanging out with friends just to have fun and celebrate. You know, because uh, yeah, getting through school is is a bitch. <laughs> I know it is. I know it is out there because we, um, we're a part. Someone, uh, I I went to my uh, son's school the other day, and and uh, the teachers were telling me that Mr. Wilder. I said, yeah, you know, I said, you deserve half of his diploma. <laughs> you de- you deserve the other half of his degree. Because, and I think that is for a lot of caring parents out there who actually play a big role in their kids' um, schooling, in their kids' education, in, in getting their kids to school on time every day, uh, 
mentoring and, and nurturing the children, telling them how, imp- how important it is to get an education, to get an education. And I want to applaud all these kids who are still on uh, spring break. Some of them are. Some spring breaks are over. But then there are some that are carrying, uh, carrying on until after Easter. Um, so I'm going to say um, congrats to all of those uh, kids out there who are about to graduate from high school, who are about to graduate from college, universities, uh, all over the place. You know, I mean, it, it's phenomenal. An education is still worth something, believe me. It's still worth something and it still means something. You know, and c- congratulations to all of those people who have the nerve to to go back to school to to finish uh, up on their degrees. That's great. You know, you have a lot of uh, high school dropouts. You have a lot of college dropouts who somehow uh, miraculously get back up on their feet to go and finish their education and get better jobs and uh, be seen by society as productive. Uh, individuals, individuals, productive employees, and you feel a lot good about yourself. You'll be able to. You, I mean, when you have an education, you'll be able to stand your stand on your own when you're in an intelligent conversation. <laughs> you won't be embarrassed because you know uh, you can uh, give it out as as well as get it. So, uh, con- congratulations to all of those folks out there, all of those kids, all of those people who have sweat. Uh, <laughs> 12, 16, 17 years in school, and they're finally getting their degree and finally going out here and starting to be a part of society and being productive and being uh, leaders in their own right. So uh, you're hearing it from the George Wilder Jr. Show. I don't know how many shows out here are actually congratulating uh, uh, students um, uh, for just being great, uh, just being great students, and this not only goes for people who are graduating. This this goes for uh, students who are in school gen, uh, generally. I mean, if you're if you're in school, stay in school. Um, uh, if you're in school, stay in school. Uh, do not let anybody tell you that you ought to drop out. Do not tell let anybody tell you that education doesn't mean anything. It does. Uh, it really does. It means a lot. Uh, uh, and stay in school and do the best you can do. Graduate, get your degree, get a better job, hang out in your community, help out in your community in any way you can. If you can, you can get into politics. Uh, it, that's up to you. But um, it's all about being a leader in your community, being a leader around other people who want to be followers. And... Um, Congrats to everybody. I mean, I keep saying it. I might say it. I'll be saying it all through the show, actually. And uh, it's great that uh, these kids. uh, But you know what? And my personal feeling is that I I do think that nowadays, 2018, I do think that a lot of these kids aren't really getting a well-rounded education that they were getting, I don't know, 10 years, 20 years ago, you know, because now in some places, around the U.S. and maybe even in your communities, a lot of these public schools, uh, maybe a few private or parochial schools or something, uh, they, kids don't have um, homework. Um, 
two plus two doesn't equal four anymore. I don't know what it. I mean, it, it's a long equation of an answer. I mean, you, it's long division actually to try to get the answer to two plus two. This this is how education have have changed. You know, I remember when I was going to school, we had books galore, <laughs> too many books. They were old, used, and torn up books, but we used them and we learned from them. But now, from my, from what I see uh, about some of these public schools, not all, maybe some, some um, uh, schools that that my son has gone to, uh, and other some of his friends and people that I know, they don't have books. And I, I've talked to a lot of the teachers in some of these schools to why they don't have books and they don't give homework anymore. I couldn't get a really good answer, but I just figured it out for myself. A lot of these teachers who are teaching in some of these public schools, they're not teaching what they want. They're teaching what the state is telling them to teach. And if the state says don't teach history, do not teach uh, driver's ed, <laughs> do not give homework, uh, you know, that's their job, you know. And uh, a lot of the teachers, I do believe that some teachers around America, they're not getting a paid. They're not getting paid enough. They're really not. I think the teachers in Chicago are being overpaid, but that's just me <laughs> and some others. But um, I think teachers are great. I think they, they, some of them are, not all teachers are great. Some are just money hungry and yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, I, I used to, I, I don't know, but I grew up thinking on my own, on my own, I grew up thinking that uh, teachers were the smartest people in the world. I grew up thinking that I should uh, respect them. I didn't get any of this from my parents, okay? This is just uh, things that I instilled in myself. And I grew up thinking that teachers were, were the greatest, and, and that's not always true. Some teachers are bad. And then some teachers are good, you know. You, um, but anyway, how did I get on that? How did I get there? Uh, anyway, once again, I want to thank all those uh, kids who are graduating. Congratulations, because it's a it was a long ride. Believe me, believe me. So you guys get out there on your spring break. It's, you still got a day or so left in your spring break from from the standpoint of my calendar. Um, make sure you have a good time. Stay safe. Hang out with people that that you like, people that you know are not going to do anything wrong. Stay away from the cigarettes. Stay away from the marijuana, if you can, if, pos- if there's a possibility. Stay away from the strong drink. You know, we don't want any of that. And don't, do not drink and drive. Don't, don't even drink and walk. Just try not to drink. If you do drink, drink in moderation. All right? All right. And once again, I want to thank everybody. Thank, thank everybody who's graduating, who's put in their time. <laughs> got their education and they're off to college or they're off to find employment, you know, find a good job someplace. All right. You've been listening to the George Walter Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Uh, we're going to take a musical break here if we can find the clip. Yeah, we got it here. We'll be right back, folks. And you know what? I, I think I'm going to try hard and get some sponsors for the show because uh, a lot of the sponsors for Laura Ingram, they're <laughs> they're leaving her. I, I'm hearing four sponsors have left the Laura Ingram show. So maybe they can come over to the George Wilder show, you know, (laughs) 
because I need some sponsors. Uh, I've been here. I've been doing this show for about four or five years, and I'm, I think I've had about one or two sponsors. I've had people contact me saying if they would like, if they could sponsor the show. But we, we will uh, 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 dig more into that uh, during the weekend because the weekend is coming up. And uh, uh, we're going to get dig more into that. I would love to have sponsors on the show. Um, four or five, that, that's good enough for me. Uh, I, I don't know. Having sponsors on the show would, would kind of make this show seem legitimate, you know, kind of. Because you still got some people out there that don't think that the George Wilder Jr. show is legitimate because it's an internet radio show. But I'd rather be doing an internet radio show than doing an over-the-air radio show. Because this, the internet radio show, this internet radio show, or any re- internet radio talk show, or, or you could be playing music or whatever, we are all over the world. We are all over the world. I mean, every. I mean, I check my uh, uh, ratings. I check. I check to see how many people are listening, and it's in the. It's not as high as I would like it to be, but it's not as low as I once thought it was. Uh, anything, everything, and anything can always be better. But I would rather do an internet radio show than to do because I'm reaching more people. More people are being reached. More people are responding. People are responding from all over the world. I get calls from. Argentina. I get guests from Australia, Africa, you name it. And that's just such a thrill for me. <laughs> I said, whoa. And I'm in a little bitty Chicago, right? And people said, George, why are you still in Chicago? Why haven't you left yet? <laughs> I said, because I love it and, and sit down. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, I'm feeling great today. I, I guess that's what you have to feel to be stay positive. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to be depressed. And I try not to sound depressed. There's sometimes I come on, I come on here and I am totally, totally depressed, but you would never know it. <laughs> but I would. And people have asked me, what's your favorite show um, that you've done uh, since you've been doing internet radio? I don't really have a favorite. I really don't because uh, you can ask me what was my favorite guest uh, that I enjoyed having on the show. I've had a great, I had a great number of guests. I mean, over the years, I've had some super duper guests. I've <laughs> and uh, a lot of them have come back twice and three times and stuff like that. And uh, it's been beautiful. And as I've said before, if you have a product or a service or you have a story you want to tell, hey, get in touch with me, the George Wilder Jr. Show, and I'll see if I can book you uh, uh to be on the show. It's a great show. It's a fun show. It's a lively show. And uh, it's produced and directed by myself. I write everything. I do the music and stuff for uh, my son. He, he, my son is, he's creative, but he's just lazily creative. Um, he did the um, intro to the show and uh, he did the music, uh, the underscore to that uh, introduction to the show. And that's great, but that's about. I don't think he's actually. You ever had? You, I know there's a lot of people out there. Here I go again. There, I know there's a lot of people out there who who have or had children who were not talented or ambitious or just interested in anything. That's what I think he is, you know. And I, I don't try to. I, at once I did try to pressure him. I think uh, a few. 
other people try to pressure. Kid is not interested in something. If a child of yours is not interested in doing something that's 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 uh, positive or great or uh, uh, they just don't seem to be interested or they just don't seem to have the talent, there's nothing you can do. I would love for him to take over this show. You know, once I once I die, if I pass away, I would love to pass the mantle on to my children. I really would. But if you don't have any kids that are interested or or doesn't think what you're doing is is productive or interesting, it's nothing you can do. You know, uh, I've tried. I've I tried. But, uh, you know, it just didn't work. But anyway, but uh, <laughs> that's that's how it goes. Right. All right. We're going to take a musical break. I'm, like I said before, I'm going to try and get some um, uh, sponsors for the show. I'm always advertising for the show. It's not that easy. It's not that easy getting sponsors. Uh, uh, the first thing a sponsor is going to want, uh, first thing a sponsor is going to want to know, how many people are listening to your show, <laughs> and will they buy anything? You know. So we'll be right back. Alrighty. Donald Trump. You might have heard this, folks. Donald Trump. <laughs> Who could? I mean, yeah, you've heard it. No doubt about it. But I'm just going to reiterate it. And, uh... All right. There it is. <laughs> I was looking for that doorbell, but it didn't happen. So I just made it happen. Anyway, Donald Trump appoints his own doctor to run the VA Veterans uh, association. Donald Trump appoints his own doctor to run the VA, the Veteran Administration. Uh, a guy who has no experience, and then he fires 
the person who does have experience, who is more qualified. This is a dumb move, just like every other dumb move uh, that Donald Trump has made. And the uh, uh, majority of the people that's in Donald Trump's cabinet, they don't have a clue at what they're doing. And I think I talked about this yesterday on the show. They don't have a clue at what they're doing. They He appoints people who just don't have any experience. They're not qualified. And he gives them jobs. You know, basically their job is to find uh, ways to cut. That's their job. I, I think he hires them because he wants people that's going to kiss his ass, cover up for him, and lie for him. He gets rid of those who will not do that. Uh, if any, and I, I know, another thing I think, I think he gets with it the people who are intelligent and smart and bring in the dumb people. You know, he doesn't like intelligence and smart people around him. They're too smart and too intelligent, and they make him feel like he's dumb and stupid, so they fire him. It's got to be some kind of rational, rationale for this guy firing all these people like this. He thinks this is a joke. I, he likes it. I think he gets a thrill out of it. I think he uh, turned... I think he's turned on by this, firing people left and right, regardless of what the public say, the uh, the people say, what what is uh, Republicans or um, regardless of what Republicans or um, Democrats say. I think he gets a, a thrill out of just firing people. So now he has, uh, if we can get some more information on this, let's see if we can get more information on that. All right, he, okay, infrastructure plan may have to wait. Of course, he wants money for the wall. Yeah, he, um, now this guy, his doctor, I, I believe his name is Randy Jackson or something like that. He, this is Trump's doctor. His doctor, remember when his doctor gave him a, a glowing health report? Give me a break, please. <laughs> that's what, that's what happened, folks. He gave him a, a glowing health report. Anyway, uh, Trump's appoint appoints his own doctor to the VA, a guy with no experience, and he fires someone who has more experience. He does things backwards, I and it 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 uh, makes him feel good. And also, a lawsuit accusing Trump of violating the Constitution by refusing to separate himself from his businesses while advanced when a federal judge in Maryland. Uh, refuse, um, refuse the just. I can't even read this. <laughs> it's it's awful. Refuse justice. Uh, uh, it advanced in a federal court because the Justice Department refused to dismiss it. Dismiss it. So he they will have hearings on it. There will be uh, 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 maybe some indictments coming on down the line here. So you know. So uh, Trump. I mean, if you think about it, Trump has a bunch of shit uh, after. I mean, he really, really piles it up. I mean, he really, he's got the uh, the Russia investigation. He's got Stormy Daniels. He's got uh, Stormy Daniels and her lawyer. I mean, he's got collusion. He's got obstruction of justice. He's, uh, I'm looking at Huffington Post and there's more and more and more stuff that's uh, dripping and running out of the Trump administration, running out of the White House. It says, uh, uh, Wall Street Journal employees say senior editor uh, tried to pull stories for political reasons. You got so much cons- um, 
corruption going on, Trump's lawyer issues of an absurd defense of clients' threats to Megan. Okay, all right. Trump is threatening somebody else. They said Megan Kelly. Okay, court. I mean, it's so much stuff that's coming out of this administration. It boggles the mind. You can't keep up with it all. I know there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of authors and a lot of writers out there. They're writing books about this administration. Is a, and they can't even keep up with what's coming out of the administration. There's movies going to be made. There's television series going to be made about all of this. And they can't keep up with it. You know, I mean, you know, and Trump is constantly lying. The people around him are constantly lying for him. And it, it's just phenomenal. The uh, drip, 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 the, the running out of, of, of all of this and the leaking of everything. This is the White House that is out of control. This tells you. Trump is not in charge. He can't. He can't stop all of this stuff from leaking and coming out. And you know, it, it's just awful. You've been listening to the George Wilder doing the show on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, my guest here is. Do we have any guests today? Somebody forgot to put them up on the marquee. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, I think we do have a guest today. This is Thursday, right? Yeah, we do have a guest, but we don't have their name on the marquee. Uh, that was an oversight. Anyway, we're going to do this and we will be, uh, okay, we'll be right back. Thank you. All I wanted was a much-deserved promotion. And he told me to get up on the desk and spread them. All the men in my office wrote down on a piece of paper the sexual favors that I could do for them. All I had asked for was an office with a window. I asked for his advice about how I could get a bill out of committee. He asked me if I brought my knee pads. Those are just a few of the horrific stories that I heard from women over the last year as I've been investigating workplace sexual harassment. And what I found out is that it's an epidemic across the world. It's a horrifying reality for millions of women when all they want to do every day is go to work. Sexual harassment doesn't discriminate. You can wear a skirt, hospital scrubs, army fatigues. You can be young or old, married or single, black or white. You can be a Republican, a Democrat, or an independent. I heard from so many women, police officers, members of our military, financial assistants, actors, engineers, lawyers, bankers, accountants, teachers, journalists. Sexual harassment, it turns out, is not about sex. It's about power and about what somebody does to you to try and take away your power. And I'm here today to encourage you to know that you can take that power back. On July 6, 2016, I jumped off a cliff all by myself. It was the scariest moment of my life, an excruciating choice to make. 
I fell into an abyss all alone, not knowing what would be below. But then something miraculous started to happen. Thousands of women started reaching out to me to share their own stories of pain and agony and shame. They told me that I became their voice. They were voiceless. And suddenly I realized that even in the 21st century, every woman still has a story. Like Joyce, a flight attendant supervisor whose boss in meetings every day would tell her about the porn that he'd watched the night before while drawing penises on his notepad. She went to complain. She was called crazy and fired. Like Joanne, Wall Street banker, her male colleagues would call her that vile C word every day. She complained, labeled a troublemaker, never to do another Wall Street deal again. Like Elizabeth, an army officer, her male subordinates would wave one-dollar bills in her face and say, "Dance for me." And when she went to complain to a major, he said, "What? Only one dollar? You're worth at least five or ten." After reading, replying to all, and crying over all of these emails, I realized I had so much work to do. Here are the startling facts: one in three women that we know of have been sexually harassed in the workplace. Seventy-one percent of those incidences never get reported. Why? Because when women come forward, they're still called liars and troublemakers, and demeaned, and trashed, and demoted, and blacklisted, and fired. Reporting sexual harassment can be, in many cases, career-ending. Of all the women that reached out to me, almost none are still today working in their chosen profession, and that is outrageous. I too. Was silent in the beginning. It happened to me at the end of my year as Miss America, when I was meeting with a very high-ranking TV executive in New York City. I thought he was helping me throughout the day, making a lot of phone calls. We went to dinner, and in the back seat of a car, he suddenly lunged on top of me and stuck his tongue down my throat. I didn't realize that to get into the business, silly me. He also intended to get into my pants. And just a week later, when I was in Los Angeles, meeting with a high-ranking publicist, it happened again, again in a car. And he took my neck in his hand, and he shoved my head so hard into his crotch I couldn't breathe. These are the events. That suck the life out of all of your self-confidence. These are the events that, until recently, I didn't even call assault. And this is why we have so much work to do. After my years, Miss America, I continued to meet a lot of well-known people. Including Donald Trump. When this picture. Donald Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> All righty. Okay. Okay. All right. You're on the George Walter Jr. Show. Go right ahead. 
Hello, George. You're on. Oh, Jeff Raisley. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Uh, I'm I'm good. Other than it's raining like crazy here in Indianapolis. Yeah, uh, we have yet to see spring too. So you know, you're not alone in Chicago. Okay. You know. All right. Tell tell my audience uh, what you're about and uh, uh, your story. Well, uh, I'm the author of 10 different books. Uh, the last oh. one, the, the title is Polarized, The Case for Civil Discourse in the Time of Trump. And uh, <laughs> this book is it, it's a plea for people, no matter who you voted for or voted against, yeah. Uh, to be able to to talk to each other while we try to survive this uh, terrible period of incivility led by this terrible president. Yeah, I mean, this guy should not be in the office. You know what? I'm doing a book also. I mean, who isn't doing a book on this administration? I mean, if you're a writer, <laughs> I mean, I'm usually writing fiction, right? But I have to, I have to put fiction aside for and do something that's nonfiction because this guy, I, I just have lost words, you know. And, um, you know, so I, I applaud you. I, you're not the only one that's doing a book or have done a book. I'm doing one. And uh, it, it'll be out uh, after the midterms. Yeah, well, I, I got mine out, uh, I thought, fairly quickly after the inauguration. Yeah. Um, and uh, a former agent of mine uh, called me up and uh, asked when I was uh, pitching the book around. And, and she said, you're, you're way too late. There's already the market is flooded with books about uh, Donald Trump, Pro and and Khan. Yeah. And and you're right. I mean any any writer uh it, it's just the it, it's so fictional. I mean reality feels like fiction and so yeah. it's an it's an incredible I mean the one positive thing I suppose we could say is it's fired our our, our uh, passion and, and creative juices to write. So, okay, we can yeah. thank we can thank him for at least one thing. <laughs> yeah, we we can thank him. And um, I'm hearing there's going to be movies. I'm hearing there's going to be television series. And it's so much coming out of this administration every day. It's hard to keep up with everything that's coming out. And because it's 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 just a a. a a running faucet of, of, of garbage that's coming out of the administration every day. And the, the people who have to report on this, I feel sorry for them. They, I mean, <laughs> they don't yeah, know what they report on before something else comes out. Exactly. And the other thing that, that's really of a deep concern is the blurring uh, between fact and fiction. I mean, when we have a president who either doesn't know or doesn't care about the difference between truth and falsehood. Uh, and we have a media that, on the one hand, uh, on Fox News, reports, uh, supports everything he says, no matter how ridiculous. And on the other hand, mm -hmm. we have uh, leftists that re just assume everything he says is false. Um, and so 
it's becoming very difficult for the average news consumer uh, to determine what is true. In fact, one uh, one piece in in my book is I just randomly took the headlines from four different newspapers on one particular day. Um, and it was a, a, a story about collusion. Um, and the four different headlines told completely, just the headlines alone, you didn't even need to read the story, uh, was, yeah. uh, depending on which one you read, yes, Trump has, there's, there's clear evidence that Trump has colluded, or no, there's absolutely no evidence Trump has colluded. And so we have uh, a population that's not only divided politically, but we're divided on what we know is true. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, it's up to us now to search what is true. It's up, it's up to us to be the fact checkers because you never know what's true that's coming out of. But, but if you look at Donald Trump, if you study Donald Trump and you followed him, you would probably say most of the things, most of the negative things about him is true because he acts like a person that who's guilty of everything he's being accused of. Yeah, I mean, even his uh, supporter in Congress, Trey Gowdy, is you know now has the yeah. famous quote: "If you're innocent, act like it." <laughs> um, <laughs> and Donald Trump the, doesn't know how to. <laughs> yeah, um, and something that that I did, which I think you know, uh, folks on on our side uh, of politics, because I share your view of, of Donald Trump, having looked at uh, your, some of your previous broadcasts, um, I interviewed 29 Trump supporters uh, for the book, mm. and I created a Facebook forum right after the inauguration that went for several months in which I invited uh, pro-Trump and anti-Trump uh, Facebook friends to engage in discussions about uh, various political issues, you know, sort of current event type issues. And, and my yeah. purpose was just to see if we could talk to each other. And the one condition I imposed was no one could attack another responder you could criticize a comment, you could criticize Trump, you could criticize Clinton, uh, politicians uh, were fair game, but you couldn't make personal attacks against each other. So, you know, no name calling, be yeah. civil, and try to base your points on evidence and logic and, you know, make your argument. And interestingly, <laughs> it pretty much worked with some <laughs> with some reservation. So I, I said it's pretty much okay. worked. I can't say it was a complete <laughs> success. Okay. Yeah, I've I, I've uh, interviewed and talked to some Trump supporters myself on the show, and you know I I I welcome them to call in and give their their point of view, but I don't want them to try to indoctrinate me with it. You know, uh, because. My mind is set. 
Well, my my mind was set uh, as to Donald Trump's fitness mm-hmm. to be president uh, yeah. and for how he's performed in that office hasn't changed my mind, which was that he just wasn't and isn't fit to be president. But what I was very interested in, in trying to understand is why would intelligent, educated people vote for him? And that's that's what I was really after, because the people that participated in this forum, it was a very broad cross-section demographically. Okay. But a, a number of very well-educated, highly intelligent people uh, voted for Trump that I knew or was able to be connected with and then either interviewed or they participated in, in the forum. And basically, I got two reasons that there was a clear theme that ran through all of the explanations that they gave me for for voting for Trump. And one was that they really thought that the Democrats are taking the country in a long, slow decline towards socialism and that they would vote for even somebody that they thought was an awful person to try to slow down or prevent that slide towards socialism. So it was sort of a, you know, an ideological, economic yeah, yeah, I've point heard of that. view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that. But a lot of those folks, not many, but a lot of those folks who thought that way have given up on Trump. They've some of them are saying they're disappointed in him now. They're uh, they're walking away from him. I mean, his core base is probably still there. But I believe that it's dwindling, okay? Because a lot of people, a lot of his base are starting to think that he is he's he he is what they thought he was and and they're disappointed that he's not, you know, uh keeping in with the conservative values. Donald Trump doesn't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. If he's going to screw you, he's going to screw you. You know, and uh, go right ahead. Well, yeah, I I, I guess I w- I'm a little more reluctant to say that many of his supporters are falling away. I think some, some indeed have, mm-hmm. but there's... Um, the, the the people in my uh, interview group that I, I've talked to since then, um, quite a few of them are still supportive of him because the and what they say is, look at the economy, the economy is doing well, the uh, unemployment's down, uh, inflation is under control, stock market's yeah, doing well. Yeah, of course, I you agree. know, totally lately agree. the market's up and down, but. And so they say, yeah, I, even, I even at, you know, with all his point, character problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Go yeah. ahead. Even at this point, his uh, poll numbers have ticked up a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his poll numbers yeah, have ticked and, up a little. And, and so that's, you know, remember Bill Clinton's statement of it's the economy, stupid, that, you know, forget about all <laughs> yeah, the other yeah. stuff. What it comes right down to yeah. is what we care about is whether we can pay our bills and take our vacations and, you know, keep the roof yeah. over our head and the lights on. And it's going to be hard so, in the Donald Trump area. <laughs> yeah, well, 
you know, so what I mean, what so this the, is what the supporters about. that haven't fallen away say, you know, so far so good. Okay, great, great. Uh, so this is what your your book is about, uh, and it's out right now. Correct. Okay. Uh, how are people reacting to it so far? I mean, what are they saying? What are the reviews on it? Well, it's interesting. I thought this book would uh, be controversial enough and interesting enough that it would sell well and it would get a, a lot of interviews. Uh-huh. And my, and because I've you know published a fair amount before, I had a yeah. certain expectation, and it's below <laughs> what I expected. Well, you it know hasn't what? Give sold it some time. Well, and it hasn't gotten as many reviews. But the, okay, the give reviews. It some time. Well, thanks. I, I appreciate that. But the reviews sort of fall into, and there's only, I think, nine reviews that have been posted on Amazon. And they okay. fall into sort of three different categories. One third say, this is an important book because the fundamental lesson offered is that we need, as Americans, we need to continue to try to find unity and uh, engage in civil discourse and not let somebody like Trump divide us. And those are the positive reviews. Then there's a set of reviewers that think it's a good book, but they also uh, think that the the subject matter uh, of civility is just, it's not going to happen. It's just we're too divided. Um, and no matter, and, and sort of see me as being, uh, you know, Don Quixote t- tilting against well, the windmills, uh, being too idealistic, that we're just too divided. But, yeah, um, third, I've got a few interviews. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Well, the third group are very critical, and they're Trump supporters, and they say that I <laughs> of that I do a hatchet a hatchet job on Trump, and because what I I say in the books, I want to make it very clear where I stand. And I said, you know, I voted for Clinton. I uh, think Trump is awful in all sorts of ways, but I want to understand people who voted for him, and so I created this Facebook. Forum, and no matter uh, whether you you agree or disagree with me about Trump, I want to remain civil with you and be able to treat you as an adult and be respectful that we do disagree, yeah. and to be able to have civil conversations. Yeah, you that that sounds very civil. Of what you just said, but you guys who are not civil, they will not be civil for civil for anything, and uh, the majority of them are Trump supporters, and they will just come out and just blast you, you know, for no reason at all. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know. So, um, I, however, I wanted to say, uh, since you only got a few uh, reviews on Amazon uh, for your book, and which I think the way you're describing it here, I think it's it's, it's it's a must read. Um, I, I'm going to, uh, after the show is over, I'm going to go to your, your Amazon page and I'm going to review it for you. I may even buy it, you know, uh, purchase it and read it. And then I'll uh, uh, review it for you. Give you another positive spin on it. Give it, give it.
Who oh, knows I what can happen? That, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> I hey, we're all writers, and we're all writers, and we should, you know, support one another and try to, you know, because we're out, we're out there. After, we're doing the same thing. We're writing, and and you know, we should support one another, especially uh, when something sounds like it's a must read and what people should be reading because you talk about civility and this that's what the world needs and that's what's not happening now because we're so divided like you say it so i i will give it a review and after the show is over i will send you a link to this this show uh where you can put it on your website or your blog or whatever and people can come by click on this show and listen to you on the show how's that absolutely that'd be great i will definitely do that because I am active in social media. Okay, give us uh, give us the name of your book. Give us uh, you know your name of your book where we can find it, where we can go download it, or you know buy it, or and, and uh, uh, learn a little bit more about Trump, or learn a little bit more how America should be with this yeah. whole president. Well, <laughs> I'm the, sorry, the I just bust out laughing. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, right well, it's, we're living in a reality TV show, so why not? Um, the oh, title is... You know, that's true. Polar- that's a great title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should have used that one. Um, yeah, yeah, the title <laughs> is Polarized, The Case for Civility in the Time of Trump. And it's it's available on Amazon as a paperback ebook and an audio book. And it's all, also you can get it uh, any, any any major bookstore can order it, and you can or you can order it through mm-hmm. my website, which is just is my name. Mm-hmm. Um, so Google uh, Jeffrey Raisley, and you'll find it. Okay, give us a spelling of Raisley. R A S as in Sam L E Y. All right. Uh... One more question, or, or either you can just give us a last word uh, about your book before you go. Well, you had emailed me and asked me to uh, have a prepared a short little piece to read from the book. So would you okay. like me to do okay. that? Okay. Uh, yeah, an excerpt? Yeah, uh, go right ahead. It, it's short. Um, uh, okay. And this is uh, just to, to set the stage. Um I've sort of given the the history of how our culture has gotten so polarized uh, starting uh, back uh, in the Vietnam War era, civil rights era, taking us up to the present. So now we're up to Donald Trump. Because of the lack of his regard for facts, evidence, and rationality, Many political analysts discern in Donald Trump a figure far more sinister than just an unorthodox outsider. Trump is the first president to receive information about reality and to try to change the perception of it through social media. Through Twitter, Trump is a tool at his disposal to try to shape his followers' understanding of the world more powerful than any previous leader. Candidate Trump was welcomed into the informational silos of those attracted to his message of us versus them. His divisive message encouraged a new form of siloing by his followers. Any adverse media coverage of the Donald was fake news. Only complimentary reporting should be considered real news. 
Whether Trump is feared as a dark genius and wannabe tyrant or scorned as a lucky bumbler, his critics all point to his use of Twitter to make their case. What is not so well known is that Trump is following a playbook developed by Vladimir Putin's political technologist, mm. Vladislav Surkov. Yeah. The strategy devised by Surkov is designed to use conflict to create a constant state of destabilized perception in order to manage and control. In the U.S., Trump's team is finding ways to approximate Putin's capacity to create an alternative reality. So um, that's a just a tidbit about the analysis okay. of, uh, of Trump. Okay, it sounds great. It, it sounds great. Uh, uh, Jeff Rayo, I'm going to make sure I go review it, download it, get a copy of it, and I hope everybody listening to the show live right now, or, or you may podcast it later, make sure you go and get this book on Amazon um, by Jeff Raisley. I want to thank you for being on the show. Oh, thanks a lot for having me, George. It was great talking with you, and I've become a fan. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Jeff Rasley on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Uh, we will be right back if we can find that clip. Let's see what we can to go all the way up, all the way up, go, go up a little bit more, up a little bit more, some more, a little bit more. We've got a thousand clips on here, folks. Here we go. Be right back. Thank you.
depressing. So, you know, you can make a comedy about it and get it all out. You too? Yeah, uh, was it exactly? No, can you make fun of the effects of aging in, in real Michael Avenatti, uh, to react to this latest development. So what's your reaction to this federal judge's decision, Michael? Well, Wolf, you know, uh, over the course of my lifetime, it hasn't happened a lot, but it turns out that we were a little premature this time around. Uh, this is just a procedural ruling. Uh, it really means nothing, but I, I will tell you this. We're very, very encouraged by language in the order uh, not just suggesting, but but basically finding that we're correct in the application okay. of the law and the facts to this matter. This does not bode well for the president or Mr. Cohen. And all indications are that when this motion is heard on the merits, we're going to get the discovery and we're going to get the trial we've asked for. Uh, and I think that we've provided some portions of that order that are important for people to comprehend and understand. Because uh, a ruling from this federal judge says the court denies without prejudice plaintiff Stephanie Clifford's motion for expedited uh, jury trial pursuant to Section 4 of the Federal Arbitration Act and for limited expedited discovery. That's legal, legal uh, words that uh, obviously hard to understand. But what you're saying is that you're going to refile after the president or his attorney, Michael Cohen, have a chance to weigh in. Is that right? Well, yeah, let me, let me explain this uh, to your viewers if I can. So basically what the court has said is that we have to wait until the president and Mr. Cohen file their motion to compel arbitration. And as soon as we do that, or as soon as they do that, we can refile this motion. And that's exactly what we're going to do. We expect that could be filed today. It could be filed in the next couple days. Uh, all indications are they're going to file that motion. Then we will, in turn, refile this motion, uh, and then the court is going to make a determination. But, Wolf, there's language in this order that uh, I am very, very pleased with because uh, the court appears to agree with our assessment of the law, and, uh, and it shows that what David Schwartz and others have said, that this uh, motion had no merit, that that is baseless. I mean, they're in a lot of trouble, Wolf. This is not good for the president, and it is not good for Mr. Cohen. Well, it's at least a, a temporary gain for them, although, as you point out, you're going to refile and see what happens down the road. Uh, as you know, Michael Cohn's attorney uh, and his friend David Schwartz, he was on CNN last night with Aaron Burnett, uh, and uh, he said that Cohen, Michael Cohn, was acting independently of the president when he set up that $130,000 hush agreement uh, to Stormy Daniels. Listen to this. The president was not aware of the agreement. Uh, at least Michael Cohen never told him about the agreement. I could tell you that. Not aware about the agreement? What about the money? He was not aware about any of it. He okay. was not aware. Okay. He wasn't told about it. Michael Cohen left the option open. That's why he left that signature line. The option, the option open to go to him. He chose not to. So what did you think uh, when you heard that? Uh, what I think is that uh, if we could drive David Schwartz to more television appearances, we would do it ourselves, Wolf. Every time they go on television, our case gets better and better. They're in a world of hurt. That was very, very damaging to their position that this is a valid agreement. Very damaging. And that's going to come back. Well, because now what's happened is, is that David Schwartz has claimed that the president knew nothing about this, had no involvement in it. And if, if that is true, the agreement's going to be thrown out because the president and only the president could bind himself to various provisions of that agreement. The agreement's going to be tossed out if what David Schwartz admitted to Aaron Burnett is true, Wolf.
Schwartz also suggested that uh, Michael Cohen regularly set up those sorts of agreements without telling his, his client. Let me play another clip for you. Because he's that close to him, he had great latitude to handle these matters. Great latitude. So they happened with such frequency that you wouldn't need no, no, to tell matter, him about $130,000 payment? Look, Michael was the fixer. We all know Mike. So yes. it could be anything. It, it's not that this matter. There were a ton of matters that took place that Michael fixed. The, the, and Donald Trump wasn't involved in every single matter. So what's your reaction to that? Well, Wolf, I, I mean, this is legal buffoonery. I mean, it just gets, these guys are making it up as it goes along. I, I, I just, you know, as a guy that has practiced law at a high level and against some really good attorneys around this country for 20 years, I mean, this is just amazing to me. I mean, David Schwartz, if that's to be believed, there's significant ethical concerns now relating to, to Michael Cohen's conduct in supposedly settling cases without authority. That raises a whole host of additional issues for Michael Cohen. I mean, these these guys just can't get it straight, Wolf. Did Stormy Daniels' first lawyer, Keith Davidson, uh, reach out to Michael Cohen about that $130,000 payoff, what, 11 or 12 days before the presidential election? No. Because that's what they argue. They argue that they were approached by Keith Davidson. Keith Davidson came up with the $130,000 figure, and Michael Cohen paid it. It's not accurate, Wolf. How do you know that? How do you know that? Have you spoken to Keith Davidson I, about I'm, this? I'm not going to get into the details, Wolf, as to how I know that. But look, that assertion is just as accurate as Michael Cohen paying the $130,000 from his own money and never talking to the president about it and the president knowing nothing about it. It's just, it's patently false. Will your client, Stormy Daniels, release Keith Davidson, her first lawyer, from uh, what he describes as attorney-client privilege that prevents him from discussing all this publicly? I don't know, Wolf. We haven't discussed it. There's a, that's a big determination for a whole variety of reasons that are, that are far more important in many instances than, than this particular finite issue. Uh, she may consider it, and uh, she'll make a determination ultimately. But if your goal is for the American people, the American public, to know the entire truth and you're simply seeking transparency, that's what she said in her interview on 60 Minutes uh, with Anderson Cooper, why not release him and let him tell everything he knows publicly? I'll tell you what, Wolf, we'll make this challenge. If Michael Cohen and the president will waive the attorney-client privilege relating to this NDA and all of the others, my client will as well. How about that? Well, you know, you, but you could release them right away, even on your own, if you're, if you're simply seeking transparency and letting the American people know exactly what happened. Well, Wolf, again, this has got to be a two-way street. Where is Michael Cohen? Where is the president? We, we've got no information from them. Zero. We continue to go on television. We're asked tough questions from you and others. We're answering those questions. These guys are nowhere to be found except for the legal buffoonery of David Schwartz. Did Keith Davidson, from your perspective, act ethically on behalf of your client, Stormy Daniels? I have an opinion on that, Wolf, but I'm not going to state it on national television. I don't feel comfortable doing that. Because in the past, you've said uh, he needs to go to ethics class. Uh, what did you mean by that? 
No, I think what happened was I was asked a question. Uh, he made a statement following the 60 Minutes episode, and I thought I said that I thought he needed to be more uh, interested in pursuing an ethics class than uh, making a splash in the press. I stand by that statement, but I'm not here to disparage Keith Davidson. I have an opinion about what happened, but at this point, I'm going to keep it to myself. It, it's very interesting, as, as you know, two months before uh, the hush agreement that was worked out with Stormy Daniels just a few days before the election in August of 2016, Keith Davidson, the same lawyer, worked out a non-disclosure agreement with Karen McDougal, the uh, former playmate. Uh, do you accept that it was Davidson instead of Cohn who came up with that deal? All That's right, folks, it seems like we got Wolf, a bad but, connection uh, or quite honestly, it's, connection. Uh, sheer speculation. I don't know <laughs> a lot of the details there, right? relating to the situation oh, between Keith, Keith Davidson and Miss McDougal. I do want to go back, though, if I could, to this order. Do we have the provisions of the order that, that uh, I had referenced earlier? Because I think they're critically important. Well, we do have the order. I, I, it's a several-page document here, but if, if there's a specific thing you want to read. But let me just wrap up with Keith Davidson. Uh, he got $150,000 uh, for his client, Karen McDougal, from American Media, the parent company of the National Enquirer. And in exchange for that, she was supposed to do things for the National Enquirer and other American media publications and not talk about her relationship with Donald Trump many years earlier, back in 2006, 2007, as a private citizen. I'm just wondering if, if this was a normal procedure for Keith Davidson to work out these kinds of arrangements for, for women who alleged they had affairs with, with then-private citizen Donald Trump. Well, if I don't know, I think you'd have to ask Keith Davidson. I mean, that's never been my line of work. Perhaps it was his. Well, we keep asking him, but he cites attorney-client privilege, and he says that your, your, your client, Stormy Daniels, won't let him out of that, and well, as wait a result, a he can't speak publicly. No, 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 no. Wait a minute, Wolf. My client's attorney-client privilege with Keith Davidson doesn't have anything to do with being able to answer the question you just posed, which right. is, did he do this on a regular basis for other people? So I want to be clear. My client is not preventing him from answering questions as to that or ans providing answers as to that question. But Stormy Daniels, in the, in the course of many conversations she presumably had with her then-attorney, Keith Davidson, may have discussed these kind of issues, whether he's done this before, how reliable is this kind of agreement if she accepts the $130,000. There's a lot of questions that, uh, that could be raised based on the conversations the two of them may have had. Well, let me say this. Well, based on my understanding, I'd be very, very surprised if any of that type of discussion occurred between Ms. Davidson and Ms. Daniels. And that's Why all would I'm you be say. surprised? Wouldn't that be a normal question? A, a client uh, would ask uh, her lawyer, you know what, uh, have we ever done this? Have you ever done this before? How good is this? I'm really worried. Yeah. Uh, those, those would be normal questions. I'm sure your clients uh, ask you those kinds of questions all the time. Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that um, in normal circumstances would happen that don't appear to have happened in this case or this instance, Wolf, uh, with Mr. Davidson. But again, I'm not here to opine as to or to provide my opinion as to what I think of his conduct. You, you've made, obviously, a lot of TV appearances, uh, and, and, and some of your critics are suggesting your real aim right now is to bait the president of the United States into breaking his silence on this and speaking out. He's remained totally silent, as you know. He usually likes to tweet. Uh, he, he likes to counterpunch when somebody's going after him. But on this, he's remained totally silent. Uh, is that your goal, to bait him into breaking that silence? No, Wolf. Our goal is to get straight answers, simple, straight answers, as to some very finite questions that the American people deserve to have answers to. And I don't know why some are calling that baiting. You want the president to speak out, though, don't you? 
Well, we, we want to hear what the president has to say as to the following very basic questions, Wolf. Did he know anything about the agreement? Was he aware of the negotiation of the agreement? Did he sign the agreement? And what did he know, if anything, about the $130,000? And I guess, lastly, did he reimburse the $130,000 or, or arrange for somebody else to do so? I mean, these are five very basic questions. I don't understand why we can't get answers from people on them. Well, he clearly didn't sign the agreement because that line that has DD on it, that was the pseudonym uh, in, as part of the agreement, uh, that he didn't sign the agreement. So that's one of the questions that we have the answer to, right? Well, I mean, you know, Wolf, nothing will surprise me uh, anymore in this case, especially based on what I've seen over the last three weeks and the complete fabrications. I mean, for all we know, they're going to come forward with a page that has his signature on it and claim that he actually signed it, which would be rather shocking. Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air.
right. Even Donald Trump's lawyers got lawyers. Isn't that something? Donald, Donald Trump lawyer Michael Cohen, I, I believe, this guy has lawyers. The lawyers have lawyers. And the lawyers, lawyers have lawyers. This is all going down in the Trump's White House. I've never heard. I mean, I'm pretty sure that happens in some circles. But the White House, the lawyer has a lawyer. And those lawyers, they have lawyers. And we're talking about the Donald Trump White House. The lawyers in the Donald Trump White House, they have lawyers. And, the, and those lawyers of theirs, they have lawyers. Lawyers all over the place. And yet, in steel, Donald Trump need more lawyers in order for him to fight this Russia investigation. I'm hearing he only has one lawyer. And I believe there's about five to six to seven lawyers have already turned him down, including Jim Webb of Illinois. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, the, the lawyer from from the state which I'm in right now broadcasting a show, turned Trump down. Nobody wants to work for this man. I think I talked about this yesterday on the show. Nobody wants to work for Donald Trump. If Donald Trump asked me, George, would you like to uh, work for me? No, no way. I mean, you, you can really understand why people don't want Donald Trump is under uh, investigation. Now, who would want to go in on something like that? You know, Donald Trump has told over 2,500 lies. <laughs> who want to work with somebody like that? And the people who are working for Donald Trump, they lose their jobs. They may not be able to get another job because Donald Trump is a poor reference. I mean, you work in a, a lot of people don't like Donald Trump. So if you finally fired, you're going to have trouble trying to find a job in the private sector. Donald Trump is toxic. Nobody wants to work for him except for uh, a lot of a lot of his diehard supporters. You know, I mean, Donald Trump could go out and shoot somebody on the street corner, and and these people would still support him. You know, and they would they would still want to work for him. But uh, Donald Trump has a knack for hiring people with no skills, no experience, no nothing, and giving them the best job in the world, and they get in there and they fuck it up. And then he finds some excuse to try to say, you know, then he fires them. Then he can't can't find anybody else to fill that post. I mean, there is so many vacancies in the Donald Trump uh, administration. Your head will spin. Vac vital uh, vacancies, vacancies that should be and need to be left without anybody filling that job, that post. Nobody wants to work for Donald Trump, and we all recall Donald Trump saying, well, everybody wants to work for me. There's nothing going on in my administration. It's not chaos. That's all it is. Donald Trump, it's all chaos. And the chaos that's happening in, in the White House uh, filters out onto the streets of America. If there's hate in the White House, there's going to be hate in America. If there's white supremacy, if there's racism, is there criminality, criminality, uh, and all of that's uh, 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 seeping out into the streets of America. And the lies that are coming out of this White House never stops. You would think uh, 
they would hold back on the lying. No, 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 not Donald Trump, not his lawyers, not his backers, not his supporters. And I still say I do think that um, Donald Trump's supporters is dwindling. It may not be dwindling that much, but I'm pretty sure some people have peeled themselves off uh, of the Donald Trump train, jumped off the Donald Trump train. Okay, maybe there needs to be a lot more, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people have because, you know, you see it all, every day and all the time. Uh, and, uh, it, it's, and as I look at this headline on the computer here, I'm on, I think it's Huffington Post, and it's, it's saying something about Megyn Kelly. Megyn Kelly's grilled the lawyer representing President Donald Trump's personal attorney. And that one sentence right there stops me in my track. Donald Trump personal attorney has a lawyer. Lawyers having lawyers hiring more lawyers. This is, what, as I've just spoken, uh, this is what the Trump administration is about. This is why people are jumping off the train. This is why he can't seem to find legal rep representation because he knows he's going down in this Russia investigation. I mean, what are the charges? What may be the charges? What may be what he may be indicted of? Of justice. You know, and these things are not. Uh, uh, and I'm hearing, I've been hearing um, that he will, Donald Trump, I'm not sure of this, but I've heard from a vital source, uh, sources, that he could be indicted this spring. A lot of people out there saying, yeah, I hope so. I really do hope so. <laughs> it could happen. All right, let's. Uh... All right, you're on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Are you just listening? Uh, actually, no. Um, I guess I was listening to you guys and uh, listening to you say that Trump's support is dwindling. I think his support is actually rising. I'm a Trump supporter. I am a staunch Trump supporter from the great state of Florida. I believe he's doing everything that he started out to do. He's making America great again. I've also um, been able to bring over some of my family members who's voted Democratic for 50 years to the thinking that he's doing exactly what he stated he was going to do. Yeah, he, I agree. He stated a, a lot of the things he's doing. He stated that he was going to do and when he was when he was in his campaign, running in his campaign. He stated that. But a lot of people did not vote for him. So they, they didn't expect these things to happen because they didn't vote for him. But he stated these things to his supporters, not to uh, the majority of the people who voted for him, the popular vote. I mean, he he lost it by the popular vote. He lost it by over two million votes. OK. I don't, Trump. I don't even I don't even think he lost the popular vote. I think we have a lot of illegal aliens that are voting. They're going down their vote and, and it's uh, skewing the numbers. Those uh, mm. voters in the great state of California, the great state of New York, those individuals, I think you have a large population of illegal aliens voting and it's skewing the numbers. So you have one count when it comes to the the popular vote, and you have another count when it comes to the ele electoral vote, and I think that I those numbers are being skewed. 
Um, I think in terms of what he promised, he delivered on the numbers in the black community, the brown community, the unemployment numbers are down to the lowest level in uh, in Poland. I think that he's, uh, with the help of Ben Carson, they're going to roll out some things when it comes to HUD that actually help the black and brown community. I think he's done exactly what he said he was going to do. Okay, what do you think about the Russia investigation, the, the Stormy Daniels 60-minute interview? I actually think it's a hoax. I think that um, okay. with the announcing today of a prosecutor, it should have been a special prosecutor, but nonetheless, give Jeff Sessions credit. He's going to allow a prosecutor to look at it. I think... Once that happens, you're going to see Hillary and uh, some of some officials with the Obama administration. They're going to be shown to be the, the treacherous people they they are. How can All you right. have? Thank you. Go ahead. How can you have um, governmental agencies doing the bidding of one party or another? Once you go down that road, there's no turning back. All right. Thank you for your call. Bye-bye. All right. The George Wilder Jr. Show. We got about, uh, let's see, nine more minutes left into the show. And as I was saying, that the, the uh, Trump's lawyers have lawyers. So it's a big deal, folks. It's a big deal. And um, we will be right back. We're going to take a musical break and we, we will be right Ladies and gentlemen, back. Thank the you for George listening. Wilder Jr. Show has now arrived.
All right. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to the show, folks. We're just about off the air. I want to say I want to thank everybody. I want to thank my guests. I want to thank the callers that called in. I want to thank the listeners out there. I want to thank everybody for tuning in because you don't have to do this, and, uh, but I do appreciate it. And uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be off for the next three days. You can always podcast the show, listen to the shows that are already here on this website. We'll be back Monday. Monday is that is that a uh, April Fool's Day, April 1st, April 2nd, or something. Anyway, we'll be back after Easter, put it that way. <laughs> All right, uh, the George Wilder Jr. Show is uh, is on the air, and soon we'll be off the air, and we'll be back on Monday. Uh, take a note of that. Uh, like I just got through saying, if uh, you, you haven't got enough of the George Wilder Jr. Show, there's plenty of podcasts there you can listen to. They're all great. They sound like the, I, they sound as if I just produced them. And... Um, been beautiful it's been beautiful and i keep looking at this uh headline on on huffington post trump lawyers they have lawyers i mean this is just phenomenal this this time in our in our in america is just phenomenal with this guy i i i think he i think he's unfit i think he should not be anywhere near the white house i think he's a i just think he's unfit okay um you may disagree with that that's you this is me and um, we're going to go for here. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a lot more stuff coming out of the Trump White House by the time we get back here on Monday. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great evening. Have a great weekend, with whichever comes first. And um, be safe out there. All right? Bye-bye. Bombs begin to fall Heaven help the black man If he struggles one more day Heaven help the white man If he turns back away Heaven help the man Who kicks the man as a crawl
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.